Welcome to a new episode of the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. The new the voice new of voice success. success. We all want to feel successful and fulfilled in our lives, but that can be a bumpy road. Through the experiences, journeys and advice of our guests here on Big Idea Big Moves, we will help you get a jump start on experiencing and cultivating whole life success. Be ready to take notes. Every episode has action items that you can apply to your own life right away. Okay, let's get this started. I will now pass you over to the host of Big Idea Big Moves, Jamie Allison. Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, people just doing really cool things in their space. So we talk to athletes, we talk to uh, CEOs, entrepreneurs, scientists, sometimes just people doing really cool things that hopefully we can take bits and pieces of that and apply them to our own lives as well. Um, I know today we have a really cool guest that we're going to jump into that in just a minute. But if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that uh, we have a connection with Epitome Sportswear. Um, and that's uh, one thing that's really cool and how it links with us is that um, they take a whole life approach to their clothing. So it's great for things, whether you're going for a workout, but also if you're just going to a, a kid's hockey game or baseball game or, uh, or just going out and, and trying to have a hike and, and uh, get some time away for, uh, for a weekend. Um, so uh, the other thing that is really nice for us to, as well is that they feel that it's important to give back to the communities they serve as well. And they're working hard to impact the inequalities in opportunity for girls and women in sport. Um, and for that reason, a portion of their profits go directly to organizations and initiatives that support girls in sports. So um, you can take a look on our Instagram profile. If you go inside the bio there, you'll see that uh, we have a link through. Go check it out. Or you can go directly at uh, epitomesportswear.com. That's E-P-I-T-O-M-E sportswear.com and, and check it out. Um, and today I'm, I'm really happy to have Tim Green with me today. Um, he is the head of marketing and partnerships for Team Up, um, and that's a, a fitness management system for gym studios and uh, personal trainers, a lot of the people that would be listening to us. Um, he has over 20 years experience in marketing and is a, a champion for both fitness and entrepreneurs, a good mix for our audience as well. Um, he has an MBA and is a strong voice in the industry and has really been focused on helping businesses navigate, especially the new reality that everybody's going through here. So um, first of all, it's a pleasure to have you on uh, today, Tim. So thanks very much for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, Jane. It's uh, really great to be here. Yeah, well, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I mentioned there is that you've you've really been at the face of some of the, the changes that have been happening, especially in, in some of those, like whether it's uh, gyms or personal trainers or small businesses generally that um, have been um, affected during the pandemic. But what um, what you've been able to do is really kind of tap into some of the things that were accelerated during that time, I would think. And so uh, maybe just first of all, um, uh, the effect on your team at Team Up and and how you had to kind of switch things what, did it did the pandemic affect what you had to do from that end and and how is it affecting kind of clients or how has it affected clients over the last little while? Well, it was such a such an interesting phase, wasn't it? Because we 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 kind of went through three or four different stages of change. You know, first of all, like the panic, um, and then we started, and then the the, the desperate kind of um, we've got to find a way to survive. We've got to find a way to keep things open. Um, and then we kind of moved on to, oh, wait a minute, actually, some of these things are like just you know a little bit better actually than the way it was before. You know, yeah. I'm I'm now I'm being able to deliver things in like a more efficient way. And then finally, 
the kind of uh, okay but actually there's a new template here there's something we can take and actually use to improve our businesses yeah. and it was really interesting how you know the best run businesses the businesses that kind of understand their customers and ha- like have fostered like a community connection they actually seem to have done really well and you know they're in their facetime in the facing this this time of a um, you know, kind of disruptions to the market and percentage of customers being out, either with quarantined or disruption. Everybody has had some tough times and yeah. it has not been fun. But at the same time, it's really been the making of a lot of organizations and really the proving as well of like the foundational things that they put in place that have now proven why they did that. Why have a strong yeah. community? You know, why foster connection between your customers? And that has been, that was really amazing. Um, I think particularly, you know, reliant, you know, we moved and looked at technology and we found different ways of um, helping businesses connect to their customers. And, you know, that all of those things actually just accelerated good things that were already happening in the industry. And I don't see a, a huge, you know, kind of like, oh, we're all going to switch our CrossFits now to online only. It just doesn't. It's like one business model that just does not really function as well online. You know, yeah. you've got to you've got to get a bit sweaty and slap each other on the back, and you've got to <laughs> like. There's just something you just can't push yourself to that level in your home gym. It's yeah. um, yeah. It I don't know. It, not for me anyway. I I, I I I there's something. There's a percentage missing, definitely. Yeah. Um, it is interesting though. How's there's um how what um you know a lot of people. I mean, so many people felt the pandemic negatively. But um, some of the things like you were mentioning that people had started kind of, you know, making change, but it was kind of that pushing um, factor, it it kind of thrust them into having to do something. And now that there's this kind of in between where, um, okay, now we've, we've been able to build up some things online, but how do we, how do we now have a bit of a mix and come back into, uh, and you, you mentioned CrossFit gyms, you're right, that so much of that is built on the community. And that's one thing that is um, still lost a little bit. And, and, uh, you know, and now that that's kind of coming back a little bit, um, how do you see, how do you see that shift coming back? You know, uh, how do you see it as being better than maybe what it was before because of the experiences that they've taken during the pandemic? Like, are there things that you think might make that transition back um, even stronger for some of those gyms that need the personal connection? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that it's, it's a possibility. And I, I mean, one thing has been that everybody understood the value of systems. You know, it's something that we've been shouting about for, you know, too, too many years, too many yeah, years now yeah. at this point. But it's 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 amazing, really, to see that you know suddenly these things became so so much so necessary. And there were all the businesses who were able to survive before on pen and paper, or you know, being able to kind of have you know have very manual systems, suddenly yeah. needed to have software systems in place. They needed to control class size, you know, because of capacity limits and and all the other you know associated challenges. Yeah. But um, but but yeah, but more than that, I think it is a, it's understanding that you know clients respond well to a professional um, service. It's understanding that structure in your system, structure in the way that you put your business together, really actually creates more loyalty and more um, excitement from clients about being there. People want to be reassured. They feel very reassured by booking into classes. They feel very reassured by automated communications that kind of help onboard them and make make them feel more welcome in their gym. And and these things are like tools which are 
very available at this point um, via, you know, via solutions like ours, via TeamUp, um, or via um, lots of other different marketing automations or whichever level you decide to engage with your business. It's really, um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful time to build businesses. Yeah, I, I find it interesting you talk about that a little bit too, because what you what you used to hear and you probably still do a fair amount is there um, is using too much technology loses some of the human interaction. I mean, you you heard that probably more in the past than even you do now. But with that, uh, are there specific kind of tactics or important things that you see that help improve the customer experience? Um, by using some of these tools and just other things that you've seen, you know, what is it that really keeps the the client kind of relationship strong? What are some of the things that the places are doing it really well? What are they doing that that keeps that really tight? Yeah, it's it, it is amazing that um, that there's there's this. I think there really are two different types of communication that you have with your clients. Like there's one that is supportive of their goals and and building community and connection with them. And then there's one which is like completely functional and um, is based around all of the, the bits that they need to complete to in order to interact with your business, whether it's payments or bookings or um, inquiries or all these types of things. And, and actually, I, I, it really is not true that, that um, software or automation actually takes away from the personal experience there. It, it does the complete opposite. Because they they come along, they want to be responded to quickly. They want to know that their payment went through correctly. They want to know. They want to feel reassured that things are working correctly. And they have a certain expectation now. Like the modern client is an Amazon shopper. <laughs> it's it, it's very you know it's it's getting its groceries online. And they they really do you know they they get this kind of professional level of service from other um, businesses, and then they expect it from their fitness too. And there's no reason why fitness should be exceptional to that. And I think like that really underpins the, the foundation of that good communication because it's timely, it's friendly, it's on brand, it makes a, makes a quick connection, it suggests the next step, it gives logical um, and helpful educational tips that support the, the early lifetime of the, of, of the client's journey with your business. And so those things are all, they're, they're foundational supporting items. And then of course, on top of that, then you layer the personal communication. But you know, if you're looking at a class register and you've got everybody's first name, you know whose birthday it is today, you know whether it's somebody's first class today, you know whether they've picked up something from the, the you know, your online store and they haven't yet collected it. You know, these things actually just support your personal, um, your personal uh, experience and connection with your clients. And, and particularly if you've got multiple coaches working for the business, it actually just helps build that as well. So you can then kind of take what you do really well and actually then roll it out build the business really in a structured and and, and personal way uh, while still scaling. Yeah. Well, and, and I'll, I'll take it to um, the next level up then. I know a lot of those things will be very similar, but you, um, uh, you're a leader in an organization that has clients that your clients just happen to be those ones that are all of those kind of gyms and, you know, in different groups that you're connected with. Um, how do you, uh, how do you and, and your team build community in at that level? Like, I, I mean, that's just as important, I think, for your clients. And, and how do you, how do you do that when you've got a whole bunch of people that are using your services and, uh, um, you know, as a, as a leader or an entrepreneur, how do you, how do you kind of connect all those people together? Well, it's very, it's very difficult. It does become increasingly difficult. And 
maintaining the maintaining the personal connection is um, is very difficult. And in the early days of the company, you know, we knew every customer by first yeah. name, um, and you they have your mobile number, they have your cell number, and they they're able to contact you by every channel. And really, what we've tried to do is try to to continue to have that level of personal connection. Um, while also keeping our weekends a little bit freer than maybe they were <laughs> in the early days. Yeah. Um, but but tools tools definitely are, are a big help to that. So it's again it's it's making sure that people can access you uh, in the way that they want. So recognizing some people might want to you know contact by phone. Some people like to make all their purchases online. So it's it's giving people the um, you know kind of the ability to find out what they need to find out, you know, connect to people. And, and one thing we've done is, uh, as we've scaled, is to keep that personal um, interaction, like, throughout the lifetime of the of the customer. So we we give the ability for customers to book calls with our team. Like, it's not, you're not diverted to, like, a, a call center somewhere and they're rooted yeah. on. And, and the, one of the biggest frustrations people have is that, why do I have to now speak to somebody for an hour to explain my problem right from scratch, you know? <laughs> right yeah. from scratch and so what we try to do is have software that gives people gives our team the information about the issue or the or the customer so we can help them and then when they speak to someone and they can just book a phone call whenever they want it's not like sit on a sit on a uh, you know a queue system um then of course then somebody actually knows knows their situation knows their business understands it um and and i think that's been really successful because actually people are, are not um they, they don't abuse that time you know that their time is precious too yeah. it does not benefit them to take up too much of your time and of course right. you waste so little time having to relearn about their business for that one problem solving situation like we know oh hello it's this oh yeah you were being challenged with this how did it go with restructuring your memberships um yeah okay that's been successful great well we would recommend doing this or we've got this new feature and we're we're you know we're launching this new new system and the conversation becomes really intelligent and grown up and uh, respectful you know of each other's time yeah. so i think that yeah the best person best personal uh relationship you have with your clients is one where it's mutually beneficial you know you recognize the value in each other and um you know and and, and help each other uh get better so yeah okay so going along with that and i'm gonna i'm gonna make it um a little more personal from that end is that um you know you you even just mentioned there that it, it is different when you're doing kind of startup phase where you know you're you're probably totally you know engulfed in what you're doing at that time but you're at a stage now where you're able to kind of try to balance things a little more how how do you personally as a um as a business person or uh, you know how do you how do you balance some of those things about your own kind of health you've got you know we talked before we came on here you have a family all of those things um how do you tackle that as much yourself to make sure that you try to keep some balance there well, that's. I'd love to say that I had that completely worked out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not so much. Not many people do. So, if, yeah. if you have the the golden key, then let us know. But I think I I I, I think that family is very very important, and you know, as a it's something that we've you know grown up with as a company as well. Um, and so, when when in the early days of Team Up, I had four children uh, six and uh, about around six and under so so i had it was something like you know six four two and zero something like that and so i in the early days i kind of I, I i managed to get through the day by a baby sleeping on me 
all day. So you know, say I'm working 12 to 15 hour days. And so I had a baby sleeping on me during the day. And then in the afternoons, I usually had a, had a bigger kid sleeping on me. And um, I used to try and do video calls by kind of finding myself, you know, kind of being low enough. <laughs> they couldn't see talking. that you had a kid there. Yeah. So, and that's not, that's not ideal. And, you know, as, as um, you know, family is obviously very, uh, you know, very important and being there, being there is important. But I, I think that the, you know, you can systemize and you can, it, it, I think just having like a rigid schedule is really, really important. Um, it's more important, you know, if you, if you don't understand exactly how your day looks and how it's structured, then it's very difficult then to, to build in all the things that you want to build in. So I think that there are some non-negotiables, you know, you build in, um, you know, I, I particularly like to have my weekends clear, spend lots of time with the kids and, and keep it structured that way. But then I tend to prioritize work and, and the business during the week. Um, so those things, uh, you know, what, it, you know, these are basic, it's a basic structure thing, but I think that's really the fundamental of it. Yeah. Um, and having a great team, you know, and understanding, um, you know, we're very lucky to have got to a point where we have enough team members that we can structure holiday time and we you know and people can take time out or there's emergencies there's there's enough capacity there to be able to to cope with that but it's it's it was it was a difficult phase like in between you know you go from you, you know just just being completely absorbed with the business to then having a difficult transition where you don't quite have a big enough team to to let go but then you um, but gradually over time if you if you keep at it then then you can you you, you get there but the delegation is once you've got the team, delegation is so key. And then, and true delegation, I think, is so misunderstood by people. Where, where people think delegation is about handing tasks, or you know, kind of you, you know, handing off work to people. And so they're a kind, they kind of become an extension of of you. But 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 real delegation is about delegating responsibility. And I just think there's nothing more like, more wonderful, you know, as a, as like a manager or as a leader to be able to delegate responsibility and then see people just run with it and just do so, uh, just take so much ownership and then be able to and be so successful. And then that's in some ways, I think it's just so much more fulfilling than being successful yourself. And it's something that I've really come to enjoy and love about work is just that. The, the the kind of coaching and, and being able to see people flourish so yeah that that's uh you know uh, it's amazing how the the uh the the passion you get from work changes as your business grows but it's a uh but yeah it's it, it's a constant I, I and that that is something that um, people struggle with the most i think going from a very small kind of group to a larger one is the the trusting relationship you have to have to be able to actually transfer the responsibility but it is it is the most gratifying piece if you see that um, you know somebody grows with it, and oftentimes they can do a better job than you would because you're spread so thin anyway, or that that's their subject matter expertise and they're they're much better at it. So so in many times that's the the best thing to do. Um, it's a sign of a good leader if you're able to do that as well. So um, how about the how about the other side is. Um, uh, goal setting you know what are you maybe personal goal setting are you kind of a person who do you write everything down do you um do you just kind of go with it as as it flows and and then how do you translate that to kind of your own team as well yeah i, I think that actually you know goals can be one of the most toxic things in your life and um can be be quite toxic in a business and yeah. we we all taught to be very you know goal driven like oh we've got to see where we want to be and we're going to kind of make it you know kind of get to this point and we're going to set a deadline on this campaign and we're going to build this feature by x date because you know we've got to we've got to we've got to hit this target and smash it and 
I, I think it's one of these things that's really, um, you, you know, really actually disrupts people's creativity and ability to, you know, do their best work. Yeah. And uh, something that, um, you know, Basecamp, uh, a company um, I respect a lot, and mm-hmm. they, they was had a, they, they kind of have a philosophy of like, you know, it, it, we, we set these kind of, we, they set, I think, six week sprints. Um, to new features or things that they want to build and and then they but but they they've just recognized that sometimes good work just takes longer and I I think that that's like a philosophy I really buy into which is we you know we you can have an aspiration but have like a great idea but it, but if you're really inspired by something if your team is inspired by it then you're gonna you're gonna build it create it sell it deliver it you know all of these things will happen in a kind of flow state you know across the whole campaign and across the whole project so I, I try very hard not to set goals I used to write myself when I was younger you know copious lists of you know things I was going to achieve and you know and and it it was just kind of like a kind of it's a self-gratification really isn't it you know it's like you know sell it you're giving yourself a dream and maybe sometimes that kind of helps pull you through but I, I think really it's, you know, just just trying to do stuff better and just like build something great, something that really like makes you excited and gives you kind of, you know, gives you that ultimate rewarding feeling. But that's where like real success comes from, because that's ultimately, you know, we're filled with a world of like content creators and people trying to be successful or famous. And you actually look at the successful ones. They just made something really great. It wasn't because they decided they set out and they were going to do something, but they they just focused on the quality and then the reward kind of comes with it. So um, this is this is being said by someone who is absolutely not a billionaire. So, you know, what, what do I know? <laughs> yeah, I, well, and I think um it's not it's not completely unique but i think it's a unique way of looking at it because there are so many people that you're right have will say kind of okay well i set very defined goals we're going to hit those goals here here we go for this chunk and then we move on um i like that you talked about base camp and maybe that brings me to um just from a, a mentor standpoint you as a as a leader um as you've been kind of going along this path for a while now uh are there specific people that um, kind of influenced how you how you approach things or how you've kind of moved along that path along the way? Well, well, so so many on a daily basis, and um, I think that that always some of the most surprising um, the surprising counsel comes from non conventional sources. Um, so uh, yeah, particularly I I try to um, I really uh, like like the the stoic. Um, the Stoic philosophy. Um, so I so I read a lot of Stoic philosophy and have been really really bought into that. Um, and I so I so that I think is really great. And I think like fundamental philosophical uh, basis for things are a really good way of looking at things. And generally, when you're looking at like you know kind of uh, normal business books, you tend to get like the distilled version of that, which is from one person's viewpoint. So, so particularly that you know those those types of things, but but I think also just watching you know looking at great businesses and trying to understand like, like how they help their customers. But I, I think mostly I've been inspired by by our team, by our customers, and you know seeing you know just getting really close to other people's businesses and feeling really passionate about them. Um, that that ultimately I think if you just want to help your customers succeed, then I think that that's the that's the most inspiring thing. Sorry for the completely generic. Uh, uh, no, that's there, no, that's that's perfect. I, I do believe that. Yeah, and um, you've really I, I think started to um, you know to gather some real profile around thinking um, 
you know, what's ahead in, in kind of whether it's, it's uh, uh, in the general industry and things like that. I, I mean, obviously we're at a time where things are changing so much and, and everyone's kind of taking their best guess at how things move. Is there, um, have you had any thoughts as to where you see things kind of moving now that, um, you know, it, it's at different levels throughout the world and different spots are kind of moving faster than others, but uh, are there things that you see kind of this year in particular that you, you see kind of, um, you know, either changing or going back or not, or, or what, what do you see this year? Yeah, I mean, this year's a this year's really challenging. I mean, despite I mean, aside from World War Three, etc., yeah, you know, yeah. which, which you know, quite <laughs> yes. slight distraction. Yeah, <laughs> it's I, I think that you know, the, but but I think those things are relevant. You know, I think um, a year ago, um, if you asked me that question, I, I would have said it's all about community, and um, you know, coming out of the pandemic phase. Uh, people have got by. People have you know found different ways of living, but but actually, everyone's feeling feeling um, a little bit lost and a little bit um, uh, separate. And, and uh, that was a really, a, a really big trend. And I think that's, that's really played out um, it, almost exactly like that, which is that consumers have been desperate to get back to fitness, get back to uh, competitive goals, get back to, um, you know, pushing themselves and, and being part of a, uh, you know, a training environment where they, where they feel that kind of sense of connection. Um, over this year, I think it's 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 really it's really challenging. I think that there are uh, that trend will continue. So people are still looking for that that connection. But I think there's also um, that there are very very demanding uh, viewpoint from people about work life balance and and how that fits into the structure of their lives. And so increasingly, people are going to look for uh, workout formats that kind of fit fit that. Uh, that narrative, whether it's mixing in kind of work from home and finding, you know, whether it's locality of the fitness, the convenience of the fitness facility, um, or whether it's the format of the workout, how, how it can be delivered, how it can fit within their lunch hour or, or fit within their schedule. And so we've got still got the trend of community, but then I think we've also got like a, a packaging, uh, a packaging trend, which will be a very strong theme this year. And so workouts where people can understand that it's going to how how they fit within that structure uh, are going to be uh, very successful. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting how the what's happening in business overall is starting to meld with what people do um, outside of that. And and uh, you know most businesses are trying to figure out how do they do it in their office, but it's also the same thing around you know those things that are impacting whether people are going to be more hybrid in office would be the same impacts on uh, on their fitness and on what they do in their their own personal lives with their families and all of those things as well. So there's a lot of change right now, but um, um, you know maybe you know, the one thing we we ask everyone Tim, when we go through this is we try to get uh, a couple of um, a couple of things if people are listening and they they see a kind of connection for them is, is a couple of things that they could maybe implement right away or, or think about right away and and one I thought because of the the type of business you you work with and um, uh, some of the clients that you have um, is that if someone's thinking that they they want to maybe automate their business a little more than they did before and maybe they're kind of you know behind in, in that or they're looking at um, you know things are a little more hybrid how do I how do I maybe kind of leverage um, automation as much as I can in that environment do you have kind of two or three Three things that um, that they should keep in mind when they're going through a process of you know figuring out what business processes they might want to automate things like that. Yeah, well, it's a great question. I 
I I can definitely think of at least seven, but I, I will <laughs> give you I'll give you three interesting ones. But sure. first of all, I, I um, first of all I think that um, the the first thing you should look at is the the foundational uh, state of your business, and I it it really comes down to understanding what your cost base is, how you can um, your current revenue base, and the um, the types of customers that you're attracting, and you can. Really, and, and try to understand that to look at your pricing, and then you can build a, a structure and and build a journey of how customers interact with the business, how they make, how they work their way through the journey of the business. And usually, if you go through that process, you can identify uh, several weak spots. And it's it difficult to difficult to summarize uh, uh, in a few words, but usually, what happens is there are foundational issues in your business that are holding you back, and it's a case of all, we've got we've got all these different factors that have got to be running well. But if one of them isn't running well, then the others cannot accelerate fast. So if your churn rate is too high, then it doesn't matter how good you are at selling because you'll never be able to outrun the the effect of churn on the business. And so, and if you have a capacity issue, if you can't fit enough clients, you know that obviously would be the the biggest um, the filter. Maybe then you could explore offering online classes maybe that maybe that is a viable route but if not then expansion might be the only route for you and if you are very very busy and you're you feel overworked and your business is growing but you just can't see how you can like cope with all the admin then it's likely that you've got a hiring issue and um, you should focus on how to build a great team how to find people that kind of have a are aligned with your business and your goals and your passions and then find ways to coach them to to deliver the best of what you currently do so it's uh so foundational issues really really important and part of that is software so if you have great software then you can set up these processes have a really great customer experience so people find it easy to access your business and just have that that great impression that makes them want to keep coming back and i think that's probably the number one thing if you you know if you don't have good software or you're not you don't have good software processes right now. It's probably the easiest thing you can do. You know, you can sign up to software uh, like TeamUp, uh, but lots of options for you out there, uh, which will be, you know, whichever will be right for your business. And then you'll be able to to systemize, offer a great customer experience, make your website enticing and and easy to sign up on, and then get the kind of booking right so people are turning up to classes and and you can reduce churn. Um, and just an overall. Um, oh, sorry, Jamie. It feels like you had a question there as well. No, no. It, it was. Um, I, I. I was just going to say the the professionalism thing that um, you know in the past. I think before kind of all of this stuff happened, um, it wasn't quite as important to have that. Um, um, almost online storefront to look as professional as as is now. So I, I think that's the other piece too. Is that um, um, you know how you have that customer experience? What everybody's so used to getting Amazon, so used to getting all these things and and getting them quickly. Yeah. Um, that that's almost a it's a non-starter now. That's that's kind of table stakes to get in is to be able to have that nice kind of interaction for a customer, or they just won't choose you anymore. I think that's exactly, I think, you know, really hits it there. And um, I think it's, it's almost become a different language, hasn't it? Yeah. And it's, it, you know, you know, that feeling when you go to a website, and you just know what to do, you know, where to click, you know, what to do to get what you need from that website. But like, and so many websites, you go to them, and you're like, ah, there's something really wrong here. And suddenly your trust yeah. is so far down. Yeah. You know, it's like the buttons are in the right place, the language isn't right, they haven't given the information 
that I need in order to make this purchase. And it, these things are so simple, but businesses just kind of, they, they, they just do it, do it really lightly at the beginning and then they never revisit it. They don't update the, the pages. They seem really out of date. And you go to the business like, is it, is it closed down? Is it, is it still yeah. active? Um, so that, those kind of things, that they, it's, it's, a, it's a small but really important part of, of what you're doing. Making sure your you know, Google Maps and Google My Business account is up to date with your, your opening hours and customer testimonials. But I think that's the, you know, if, if you want one marketing thing, as I still had one more point to make there, but I'll, yeah. I'll, which I'll, I'll, I'll sneak in this one point, which is, you know, if you, your number one marketing tool is your customers. Um, and you've, you've heard that before. And, it, you know, everybody kind of thinks that they know that. But so few businesses really actually do it. So they take, they maybe have one testimonial, two testimonials. They put it up on one page on their site. But customer, like growth through customer reviews, and that's something that we have absolutely benefited from and seen as such an important channel. It's 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 a process. It's about it's a daily process. It's something that you are committed to and that you invest time in every single day in your business. Take your reviews, get them posted up. When someone has a good experience, ask them to leave a review on Google. You yeah. know, ask them to 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 you know to film a video for you and post it on your channels. And those things, that's your that's your number one growth engine. And it's the uh, it's it's possibly the thing that the the channel that people spend the less least time worrying about. Spend all yeah. this time thinking about Facebook ad strategies and funnels and you know landing pages and everything else. But but actually, you know, for most fitness businesses, you're dealing with a local audience. And you just need to build trust. And if yeah. you can build the trust, then the engine will take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah. It builds a, a referral machine. I mean, for those places that are used to referrals in the past, it's, it's kind of another way of being able to do that. And I think the trust thing is, uh, is a, a huge thing. So, um, so thanks for doing that. I mean, I, I think people have taken away, I'm sure, tons and tons of things out of, out of our conversation already. Um, if people want to be able to um, find out more about um, you and, and also, um, you know, team up if, if it's something they're interested in, what are some of the best ways of, of doing that, Tim? Well, the, the best thing to do is to come and check us out on our website, um, first of all. So you'll, you'll find all the, the details you need there. And that's um, go, like goteamup.com. So yeah, go right. and then teamup.com. Yep. But yeah, um, aside from that, you know, we re really, um, you know, you can find me uh, and the team on our Instagram channels that we, we particularly love kind of sharing customer stories, different different things that we learn and find along our journey. Um, yep. And we're, we're really super engaged there. So, and we, we also love to, to tell stories. Um, so if your business has, um, you know, found something found something cool about customers or has got an interesting story to tell you know we'd love to feature you put up some put up some materials help help raise exposure about your business so please do uh, drop us a line if if uh, we can do something to help you cool all right well, well and we'll put those in the show notes so if you missed it we'll just make sure you go onto the show notes and we'll have um all of the uh, uh all of the links there so you can uh, follow both of those there's some great content i know um, that's the other thing is even just uh, uh taking a look at uh, the website and and going through some of the resources you have on there and some of those things as well is is worth it uh, uh on its own before you even kind of look at some of the other stuff so make sure that you check it out um if you haven't hit uh, subscribe
subscribe on the podcast, do that right now. Uh, we have great guests just like Tim every week. Um, and uh, so uh, again, I know that uh, you know people here won't know, but we're on we're on completely different time schedules right now, Tim. So I know uh, hopefully you're winding down a little bit and can have a little bit of family time this evening. But um, again, you know, thanks for taking the time with uh, sharing your information and uh, and a little bit about yourself with the audience. Really appreciate it. No, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, been great, uh, a great conversation and uh, really, uh, really great to be here. All right. And uh, we'll talk to everybody else again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Thanks for listening to the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. Be sure to drop us a comment on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Big Idea underscore Big Moves. We love to hear your feedback. Till next time, remember, big change comes from small, consistent actions.